Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. All right, I know today is the NFL draft. I know it's about football. I know it's about basketball. But, Vinny, I've got to get two little golf blurbs out of the way real fast, if you don't mind. Okay? Do it. So I'm going to do this before we even start the open of our show. So I'm watching the end of Full Swing, the documentary on Netflix, right? It's the behind the scenes, follow the PGA tour around. I get to the very last episode last night, episode eight. It's about Rory McIlroy and Live Golf. And it was about the uh, the Open that he nearly won and lost to Cameron Smith. And near the end of it, he's sitting in a training room with this physiotherapist, and the cameras are on him, and he just looks in the cameras and he says, F you, Phil. <laughs> Except he doesn't say F. He says the word, and I thought, Whoa! He must be confused. Why is this not a story? What, did Phil this... starts with a PH. He must be confused. That's, a... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. P H U, Phil. And I'm like, Rory McElson, Rory McElson, Rory McElroy, Rory McElroy just said F you to Phil Mickelson. On ca- and then he told the cameras, make sure you run that. And the cameraman said, don't worry, we will. Yeah, the producer's like, I already got the time code okay, out. Rory McElvaney has got a yeah, potty mouth. Exactly. Rory McElroy. So there's golf story A, golf story B. Uh, did you see the story about Patrick Reed and the $450,000 Porsche? I did not Patrick see this Reed, one of the most reviled golfers on the planet. Apparently, when he won the Masters 2018, 16, I don't know. Right around there. He, he spent a lot of money on a Porsche, and he painted it Masters green. The car mysteriously showed up on a wreckage website, had 360 miles on it. Now, right. So Patrick Reed, right. So he spent a half a million dollars on an automobile, and it's shown up, and somebody destroyed it. <laughs> it's Has the darndest no story thing. behind it? Well, I, I haven't been able to kind of like find the answer to it yet. They haven't directly connected it to Patrick Reed, but pe- people are saying a $500,000 Porsche painted in master's green coloring, that's kind of rare. And it's probably Patrick oh Reed. Look at the look at the condition of that. You car. found it. You oh found it. Oh my goodness! Somewhere Jerry does Seinfeld it, is weeping. <laughs> does it look like a crash, or does it look like somebody took crash. Like a bat to it, or like somebody oh. who didn't know how to drive it? Ooh, right. right. How about that? Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Okay, so there's two golf blurbs. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the NFL Draft Show. (laughs) Start the show, Jared. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yes, today's NFL Draft Night. The football world's eyes are fixed on Kansas City, home of the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, where 259 players will be selected by 32 teams over the next three days. The Arizona Cardinals, as of this morning, still owners of the third pick overall in this year's draft, although there's heavy speculation that GM Monty Austinfort would prefer to trade down and out of that spot in pursuit of more picks. Cardinals have eight picks right now. Their first rounder, a second rounder, two third rounders, one in the fourth, one in the fifth, and two in the sixth. Carolina Panthers, who traded with the Chicago Bears for the number one overall pick in March. They will kick things off and uh, are expected to take Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, but you never know. We'll have uh, coverage all day long on the Arizona Sports app in 98.7. Burns and Gambo broadcasting live starting at 2 o'clock from the draft party at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. At 4 o'clock, Dan Bickley and Ron Wolfley join the festivities. Luke Lipinski, Tim Ring, also part of the show. Our very own Tyler Drake live in uh, Kansas City for the first round. It's almost the whole team that's involved in the coverage. Yeah, I don't know how you got the hall pass, but man, you are lucky. You're the golden child here, Vinny. Am I? I don't know. Or am I just unwanted? (laughs) I want you, Vinny. What? what? Huh? Wait, what? The New York Jets introduced their new quarterback. Jerry, you have one of these mornings where I can tell you're thinking thoughts, but your mouth can't work. Uh, you have one of those mornings. I, I just thought of a, a, a comment and a joke on this situation, but I'm not sure it even logically makes sense. But you would get the gist of it if I made it. So I'm, I was you're debating whether, whether to, to say it or not. Okay. Well, now you kind of have Masticate to. Masticate on that a little bit. Tonight, <laughs> is, the, tonight is the the Arizona sports draft show with Vince Morata. Without Vince I get Morata. it. I know. But I get it. That's why it didn't really make sense. Because I get it. Uh, The New York Jets introduced their new quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, at a press conference in New Jersey yesterday. The four-time MVP would not fully commit to playing beyond 2023, but then later elaborated to a smaller group of reporters that he doesn't view this as a one-and-done situation. It's the first time the Jets have held a press conference to introduce a veteran acquisition since 2012. Wow. Think about that. Wow. You know who that last guy was? Tim Tebow, who would throw eight passes in a Jets uniform. Holy cow. Yeah. Uh, the Suns find themselves in between series after disposing of the L.A. Clippers in five games in the first round. Their next foe, the Denver Nuggets, await in the Mile High City. Starting Saturday for Game 1 at Ball Arena, it'll be the fifth all-time playoff meeting between the teams. Suns have won three of the first four, including that four-game sweep of Denver in 2021 on their way to a Western Conference championship. And, man, what a night in the NBA playoffs last night. Not only four games on the schedule, but some compelling stuff, including the Milwaukee Bucks, the one seed in the East, the team with the best record in the league. Out! In five games. Unbelievable. Jimmy Butler. Jay Crowder. 42 points, including a controversial bucket at the end of regulation to force overtime. The Heat went on to a 128-126 win to eliminate the Bucks in five games. Bucks blew a 16-point fourth quarter lead, and my goodness, was it a debacle at the free throw line. They missed 17 of their 40 Five attempts. Giannis missed 13 on his own. Uh-huh. Whew, 
the Heat move on to the Eastern Semis. They'll play the Knicks, who beat Cleveland 106-95 and eliminated the Cavs in uh, uh, five games. Uh, Jalen Brunson at 23 points, R.J. Barrett 21, and Mitchell Robinson 13 points and 18 rebounds. Knicks move on for the first time since 2013. The Warriors-Kings, a road team, finally broke through. It was the Warriors' 123-116 win over Sacramento. Steph Curry at 31, three other players with more than 20 for the Warriors. And then the Lakers and Grizzlies headed for L.A.'s Game 6 after uh, Memphis fought off elimination, 116-99 in Game 5. Yeah, stout performance from the Grizz last night. Uh, And not so much. uh, From the Lakers, yeah. From LeBron. Old man LeBron. You use the word stout which begins with an S and ends in a T. LeBron described his own performance with another word that begins with S. <laughs> and ends, and in, ends a in a T. Yeah. Uh, D-backs get a series win over the Royals at Chase Field. The story continues to be Zach Gallen, who hurled six and one-third innings of scoreless baseball. Filthy. While scattering four hits and striking out a season-high 12. His scoreless inning streak is currently a 28, the fourth longest in franchise history. Of course, he set the record last year at 44 and a third. Uh, D-backs uh, got... Uh, Runs uh, in the fourth and fifth inning on run scoring hits from Evan Longoria and Emmanuel Rivera. Two of three from Kansas City. Couple with the Dodgers lost to Pittsburgh. Snakes are back in first place at 14 and 12. They're on to Colorado to face the Rockies in a three game series starting tomorrow at Coors Field. D backs also officially released left handed pitcher Madison Bumgarner yesterday after designating him for assignment last week. He is a free agent. Very curious to see how many how many nibbles are out there for Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. Like I said, Texas Rangers, they're gonna give him a look, I think. We'll, well see. They're really good. That's true. You can't you're right. That's right. They actually are really good this year. And uh, ASU big man Warren Washington, who had already declared for the NBA draft, has also entered the transfer portal, likely signifying he's done in Tempe. Washington transferred from Nevada after starting his career at Oregon State, so if he lands at another school, it'll be his fourth and sixth season. Yeah, oh, it's, basketball, listen, kids. It, again, that's, that is the thing that you have to reconcile, that when you think you've got something good building, no, you don't. Every year is going to be building. Every single year. So do, do you have a coach? do you have a coach who's got the inner fortitude to do it. And I think in Tempe, the answer is yes. I think does, Bobby Hurley's got the stomach for it. Does it? I wouldn't. Does it not smack of completely exhausting, though? Oh, without I mean, a doubt. being a college coach anyway, before things went haywire, was yeah. a nuts job where nobody ever slept? Yeah, no, I think, I think, yeah, no, exactly. I think in the case of Warren Washington, people are like, what? 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 I, I think for him, it's he's, he's going to float the idea, does some NBA team want me because of my size and my body and my athleticism? And if not, I'm going to try to get some NIL money, and if that didn't work, I'm going Going to Europe to play basketball for the Shanghai Shanghai Sharks. He's checking off different ways to try to leave ASU. <laughs> right. uh, the draft, yeah, right. uh, transfer because, portal. Can I go to? Yeah, yeah, because, I'll just go because I don't for think the Sun Devils are a Washington IL. I might be wrong about that, but ASU basketball. I don't think it's you know. I don't think they're wallpapering the wars, the walls of Desert Financial with hundred dollar well, bills there. Flip it the other way too. If you're a booster with NIL money, are you throwing it at Warren Washington who was here for six months? No, probably not. No, I'm throwing it at Dan Bickley and Vince Morata. Maybe right. Sarah the Ruthless. Definitely not Jared. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jared. We throw you some. <laughs> there you go. There's your splash for Thursday, April 27th. Yes, it is draft day. And the Cardinals have a lot of possibilities at number three. We will look at some of them next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Akshin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
and Pickley, Vince Morata. Pickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The Cardinals would love to trade out of that spot. Mm-hmm. They're open to moving that pick. The issue is who's going to trade up to number three when you've got to guarantee the third overall player selected $22 million. Got to believe in that guy. And I think you're going to have to want to see that there's a quarterback there. So I think teams wouldn't trade up until they see that Houston is not taking a quarterback. We might have to wait until the Cardinals are on the clock Thursday night before we see action. And even then we might not see action and they might be stuck. And I wouldn't dismiss miss the idea that Arizona could wind up taking a surprise there, potentially even an offensive tackle like Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Paris Johnson? It's Adam Schefter from uh, ESPN. Yeah. Big dude. On the difficulty, I wouldn't mind him. Yeah, on the difficulty the Cardinals might have trading for the uh, th- trading out of the third overall spot in tonight's first round of the draft. There's so much smoke. I mean, normally there's a lot of smoke on NFL draft day when you've got a pretty clear pecking order of what's going to happen at the top. And I think after Carolina, I- I'm pretty re- resolved to the fact that Carolina is going to go Bryce Young. Are you? Yes, yes. But Houston is one of these wild card teams. They need a quarterback. They A lot of the projections have them going in another direction. Mm-hmm. Maybe taking Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson. Maybe taking Will Anderson. Um, that That's where it gets really interesting well, for me. And obviously, huge ramifications for the Cardinals at three. Well, absolutely. And so, it, to me, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm real curious because that is the obvious pivot point of the draft. The number two pick for a team that needs a quarterback, if the Houston Texans say, nah, no, nah, we're going to take a defensive player, is that an indictment of every quarterback underneath and behind Bryce Young? And, and if so, then the Cardinals better be prepared to draft a football player. If there is no value, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, in talking to people yesterday, there's a, there's a belief that the NFL has learned its lesson in terms of moving up short spaces in the top ten and, and giving up those that that bounty and that cachet of picks because it just isn't worth it. Uh, it just there's the the failure rate, the flame out rate is too high. I'll believe that when I see it. Houston is also a team that is positioned, should they choose to, to make the biggest splash early on. Not only maybe taking the best defensive player in the draft at number two, but they also right now hold the number 12 pick, that pick they got in the Cleveland deal uh, for Deshaun Watson. They could ostensibly hop up higher in the first round, Mm -hmm. roll the dice and still get a quarterback without having to move up to number three to do it. I've seen projections where they move up to number three with the Cardinals, which a nine spot jump. Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be a bounty and a half for Monty Austin Fort and the Cardinals. if they choose to move down. Yeah. In terms of consensus this morning, I just kind of did a survey of of some of the prominent recent mock drafts, like the, the big guys who are really connected. There's no consensus on what's happening with the Cardinals at all. Mel Kuyper Jr. on his mock draft this morning, Bick, uh, has the Cardinals trading down with Tennessee, going down all the way to number 11, and taking Iowa defensive lineman Lucas Van Ness. Uh, Dane Brugler from The Athletic has the Cardinals staying at three and taking Tyree Wilson there. Daniel Jeremiah has the Cardinals trading down with Houston to number 12 in that scenario we just talked about and taking Ohio State offensive lineman Paris Johnson. 
Charles Davis, we talked to yesterday on the show, has got the Cardinals staying at three and taking Paris Johnson, although he did say that's an unlikely scenario. But there's all kinds of different names linked to the Cardinals just this morning. Christian Rod, uh, Christian uh, Gonzalez mm-hmm. has been linked to the Cardinals at number three by the ringer. I mean, <laughs> you wow. want to talk about out of left field and a surprise. Mm-hmm. Good player, yeah, but I've not seen him projected that high. This is a, this is going to be an interesting well, night for the it Cardinals. Would, it would be just the Cardinals' luck, wouldn't it be, to to go into this thing thinking you will have a, any number of suitors wanting that number three overall pick, and you're going to make off like proverbial bandits. To the flip side of you don't even want to draft a player at three because you don't want to commit the money it's going to take for that slot because that that would be real bad luck. Um, the Cardinals people have said that there has been serious interest in this pick. Were those lies? Were those exploratory phone calls? Is this entire quarterback class bottoming out? I think I think one of the deals, one of the scenarios out there is that the Colts really want Will Levis because he kind of fits what they like as a quarterback. Big, tall, pocket presence, Peyton Manning-esque. Huge all that biceps. Stuff. Right, huge biceps. But I, I think they understand you don't have to trade up to three to get him because no one else has taken him that high. And so, but, so but then that goes back to that whole anonymous Reddit post uh, that affected all the betting exactly. lines in Vegas that Will Levis could go number two. That's right. And then there's then there's the C.J. Stroud test reveals and, and all the the smearing that has gone on with him to did the he, point where he's had to address this publicly. Did, his response was pretty. Oh yeah, I'm a football player, not a test taker. I'm not an S two taker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some Cardale Jones up in there a right. little yes. bit. I didn't. Uh, I didn't go I didn't to, Ohio come to play, State play school. school. <laughs> All right, exactly. <laughs> and also to play school. Yeah, uh, very much some Cardell Jones there. That's exactly what he used. What he said. Is Cardell Jones still floating around the USFL or the XFL or any of those? Let me do a Google. All right. <laughs> I do not know. Yeah. So um, I, this is this is going to be interesting because if Will Anderson Jr. is there, it it fits a need. But then you've got this idea too that wow, maybe drafting a really young studly offensive lineman is. Really Really, the smart thing. If we want, do we continue to double down and triple down on the comfort of our starting quarterback? But would it be smart to do it at three uh, when you have uh, the possibility? Again, you got to have a dance partner. That's what I know. Everybody, if they don't, if they don't trade down, there will be criticism lobbed on Monty Austin for what are you doing? You need to trade down. It's not just up to him. Somebody's got to want to come up for a player that well, they love. Y- right, and and the package has got to be enough that it validates passing on a potential impact player. Now, it, and th- that's really, and that's going to be the story of this draft. To me, it's it's not just the all right. What player might the Cardinals take, and who might they look at? This is really the beginning of a new journey for all of us. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning of the new regime, and so much is going to really rely on the intellect and the instincts and the team building skills of Monty Asenfort. And we know. Nothing about this guy other than he's worked in a couple of good organizations. He's come in and already I think he's laid down some real coherent philosophies, which is something Steve Keim didn't have. He was winging it year by year by year. One year we believe in this. One year we believe in that. And it was just throw whatever you can against the wall, see what sticks. Um, now you've got a guy who is who is very quietly brought in football players um, at, at, at reasonable prices. Football players you really haven't heard of. For contracts that really don't pop, 
And that is very Belichickian. That's very New England-like. That's very Pittsburgh-like. You establish values for positions, and you get guys to fit the value. Yeah. And, and it's not sexy. No, definitely not. And, and so it, maybe this is going to be – my, my gut feeling about this is, is that we are entering an era where there's going to be a correction from the cartoonish culture that existed previously. Whether or not Monty Austin Ford is the guy to take you to point A or just to point B, I think this is the beginning of that journey. What he does with these assets, with this draft, the kind of guys he he pulls out, the guys who do this well, it's not unusual for them to get three, four contributors immediately. Not necessarily starters, but contributors. Seattle last yeah, look year. Seattle last Seattle year. Seattle knocked yeah. it out of the park last yeah. year. But the other thing, and we can get on uh, this subject later on in the show, it's not just about adding players through the draft. The Cardinals are on a lot of teams' radars, too, because they've got two veterans that are highly sought after for their skill sets that could be traded tonight, yeah. too. Have I you don't, mentioned yeah. D-Hop and Buda. Yeah, I, and I don't think Buda Baker's moving. Either tonight. Do I. Not tonight, but, but I think DeAndre I think, I think D-Hop's, D-Hop might be traded during this show today. Maybe. Yeah. It's very, very possible. It's happened before. It, uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Indeed it has. Indeed it has. Coming up next, the uh, Suns get a little time to breathe before they head to the Mile High City to take on Denver. We'll get to the latest with the Suns next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Thursday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and Murata talk Suns nuggets now. Overall, I think our execution um, probably down the stretch when they cut it down to three was great. Um, now it's just a matter of correcting all the little mistakes because uh, Denver going to be a whole different fight that we're going to have to go in there with a different mindset, if not better, than what we had versus the Clippers. Bismack Biombo of the Suns joined... Uh... Wolf and Luke yesterday, uh, after wrapping up their series against the Clippers in five games, and yeah, <laughs> Biz is right about this. The uh, Denver Nuggets, a completely different animal. Everything offensively goes through their center. Obviously, you can't say that about the Clippers, who are wounded. The Nuggets are fully healthy. I can't wait to see what this series yeah. looks like, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to see the residual effects, if there are any, from the last time these two teams met in the playoffs. You know, the, A lot of new characters on, on both sides. Yeah. But a lot of the main characters are back f- for this run, and, and yeah. Denver got humbled in that series. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, there's no doubt about it. So so I, here's here's my deal. So we, uh, we know in Phoenix that that getting, getting to a title level um, place with your basketball team generally takes some scar tissue, generally takes some hurdles, some obstacles, some heartbreaks, some trauma, all that mm-hmm. stuff, right? I think the Suns have got a big advantage in this department. I think when I'm talking, and I'm talking about the Suns players who matter. I look at the Denver Nuggets, and I look at that series a couple of years ago, um, and I look at the way Nikola Jokic lost his mind, the way that team imploded, and how vulnerable their fan base was. I look at last year's sweep. Now, the, the Nuggets have alibis. I get it. But I think the Nuggets have a ton of pressure on them, and I think the Suns are sitting in a great position to go in and win one of these first two games and really take this thing uh, by the neck, if you will. Now, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe I'll be surprised by the Nuggets. There are people who tell me that the Suns are the ones – 
who are in line for a comeuppance. I've heard this from no less than four or five people, that I'm overvaluing what I think we have here in Phoenix, and the Nuggets are going to prove it. The Nuggets are going to lay it bare. I, I just don't see it. I, I just do not see it. I, I, in paying peripheral attention to the Nuggets over the last couple of months, they've been real hit and miss. They, have. they They lost their edge for a while. They couldn't win a game for a while. Their head coach called them soft. They got back on it, then they stumbled again near the end of it all. They looked good at times against the Wolves, and then they got real shaky at the end. Yeah, I, the one thing I can't get past is, and it's the very obvious top of the you know pecking order uh, you know item on the list when you break down this series is Denver's defense and and how do you attack what the mm-hmm. Suns are doing offensively? We were gushing yesterday and with good reason over what Devin Booker did. Devin Booker averaged thirty seven point two points per game in that series against the Clippers, mm-hmm. the second highest single playoff series scoring average in Suns history. Only Barkley had a bigger one, and that was in a three-game series back in 94, where he had 56 in one game. But Kevin Durant, what he did, quietly averaging 28 points, is also top 10 in Suns history. Mm. Do the Nuggets have the defensive fortitude to to slow that down? I don't. I don't know, well, and it might be that simple. Yeah, no, either do I. And again, I, I can see, I can see Aaron Gordon having moderate success against Kevin Durant. I, I think he's athletic, he's tall, he's long. Um, I, I no one's going to stop Kevin Durant. I, nobody. That's that's the beauty of his career. He's proven that no one will stop Kevin Durant. Even when you think, oh, he's not having a good game, he's scoring twenty eight to thirty one points for you. Yeah, which is. Well, laughably good. A quiet 31 yeah, points. right, exactly. Yeah. What? He's one of the what? few guys on the planet that yes. can even put yes. up a quiet 31. Yes. You're the, exactly right. The reason I think also that it feels like such a quiet 30 points to Phoenix fans is because he gets to the line. Because mm-hmm. 10 to 12 uh, points of yeah. those every uh-huh. night are at the line, yep. and we're not used to getting 10 free points at the line every night. Right. Well, because if you're defending Kevin Durant, and if the ball gets up over his head, it's good night. So there's a lot of the slap. There's a lot of that stuff going on before the ball gets to the release point. Because once it gets there, you're cooked. Yeah. Um. So so I look at that, but I I don't know what answer do they have for Devin Booker. I'm just not convinced Jamal Murray is going to shut down K- this Devin Booker. KCP is going to get a lot of time on Booker. Okay. I'm sure. Maybe Caldwell Pope. All maybe right. Aaron Gordon to give a bigger a bigger look. <laughs> to but flip then around a little bit. What do you do with Durant? Vinny, uh, five thirty eight. The 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 analytics service, right? Mm-hmm. They ran fifty thousand. Simulations. They basically concluded the Suns don't have a chance. Really, sixty-six percent of their simulations have the Nuggets rolling through this series. And again, I just don't see it. Maybe I'm the idiot. What did your fifty thousand simulations <laughs> say? <laughs> Suns and six. Start a website called five thirty nine. Right. That's right. Uh, Nikola Jokic of the Nuggets. After they wrapped up their series against the uh, T Wolves, he was asked about the uh, Suns going into the next round. I mean, probably they're the favorites to, to win a championship. Uh, they have an amazing, amazing uh, group of guys, uh, well coached. Uh, they have Chris Paul, who is the, probably the best, best floor manager or general. In the game, uh, Booker, KD, KD that uh, that uh, I mean, 
superstars, probably arguably the best players in in, in, in NBA right now. Um, they have Torquay or Koji, whoever is playing on 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 the on on um, two three or two two three or four. I don't know the position. Um, okay, we know we know Tori well well. Um, Aiton, who I, I really admire his game, uh, especially in that situation that you you have a couple a couple guys that uh, are kind of in front of you. If that's uh, riveting stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, he's gushing about the Suns. Okay. How do you say eighteen? Yes, eighteen. Very good. Yes. The man alone, John. I know. I know. I like to see me speak Serbian <laughs> or English. Or English for that matter. Uh, we'll have a lot on Suns and Nuggets not only today but also tomorrow. Previewing Game One of that series on Saturday. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Arizona Sports, the home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. D-backs Daily. Brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. The first step to help is three numbers away. Call, text, or chat 988 to access the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Yeah, Zach Gallon on the mound in the uh, series finale against Kansas City. Little afternoon action at Chase Field yesterday. So you know, there's not going to be a lot of offense to talk about, and there wasn't a lot of offense to talk about in this game. But the offense we will talk about was all courtesy of the Arizona Diamondbacks. A scoreless game in the fourth. Evan Longoria made it uh, no longer a scoreless game. And now the 0-2 and a little bleeder into left. That's a base hit and there's a run. one nothing Diamondbacks. He split the bat candy. Half of it ends out at short. The other half right next to the plate. But enough to get Rivera home for third and get Gallon to the D-backs a one nothing lead. Yeah, one nothing there in the uh, fourth inning. In the fifth inning, the man who scored that run, Emmanuel Rivera, fresh up from Reno. He contributed to the scoreboard moving. And a base hit up the middle. He's done it again. Thomas comes in to score on an RBI single by Rivera, who's now three for four since coming up for Reno. He's got two hits today, both up the middle, and all three of his hits have gone up the middle. Two nothing D-backs. Yeah, two nothing. Uh, that's the way it would end because Zach Gallen was vintage Zach Gallen yesterday. Kansas City with bullpen activity. The two-two pitch, swing and a miss. And Gallon with another good changeup, strikeout number 11. He matches his season high. He's done it now three times. And that's out number two here in the sixth inning. That's seven of the last eight outs he's recorded. Yeah, and he wouldn't finish with 11. He would get to 12, a new season high in strikeouts for Gallon. He was masterful. Greg oh, Schulte man. on the calls on the D-backs radio network. 2 nothing. the final. And uh, Gallon said <laughs> this afterwards. Would you believe me if I said I didn't feel uh, great as good as I guess I felt the last start? Didn't feel great going into the game. Just having trouble finding the, the window. To just, you know, feel that you know, I felt was really good last time. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, what's the cliche saying that, like, you have your best stuff, you know, five times, and so the other 20, you got to kind of just make it up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how was he called a really good game? We were on the same page for the yeah, uh, if that's what he pitches like when he's not feeling yeah, great, right. look out. He's quite simply, we, we had this Ascension talk with Devin Booker, and Zach Allen's not to that level. But you can have an argument about the best pitchers in the National League and the best pitchers in baseball, and Zach Gallen's name is going to get thrown out there. He's 28 innings scoreless mm-hmm. now early in the season. After a shaky start to begin the season, he's, yeah. he's virtually unhittable Leads right the now. league in strikeouts. Yeah. 
And I, I think you remember that I said before the season began that the, one of the best hopes for the Diamondbacks, if this is the year that Zach Gallen goes from being unbeatable to unhittable. And the last four starts, he has been nearly unhittable. His numbers are just crazy. And and so and he's doing exactly what an ace needs to do. That's the third consecutive time he's won yeah. a game following a Diamondbacks loss. Yeah, that's it's huge. That's what the big ones do. Yep. Uh, so the D-backs back in first place as they have an off day today. They've got a weekend series against Colorado, and then it's on to Texas on that road trip. So uh, Texas is good. Colorado has struggled out of the gates. Maybe an opportunity for the bats to pick up a little bit of steam. They've been they've been a bit quiet. Uh, and okay. Coors Field is usually a remedy for that. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, that is D-backs daily coming up next. Did you hear? The New York Jets have a new quarterback. We'll tell you about it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. I'm here because I believe this. I believe in this team. I believe in Kosala. I believe in the direction uh, of Joe Douglas. Obviously, he's drafted really well the last couple of years, having an uh, offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Um, a big thanks to the Jets organization. Obviously, a big thanks to the Green Bay Pack organization for an incredible run. Uh, that chapter is over now, and I'm excited about the new adventure here in New York. That is Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets. Number eight, Aaron mm. Rodgers of the New York Jets. Declining the opportunity to wear Joe Namath's 12, going with his college number eight, but... They uh, introduced him yesterday at a press conference, something they haven't done for a veteran player in 11 years in New York. Um, and look, Jets fans, the organization, they're over the moon right now, and I'm not saying they shouldn't be. Um, I'm shocked at how quickly... You know, I thought this was going to drag for months and months and months. And they got it done before the draft, so credit to everybody yeah. involved. Uh, and now people are talking about the Jets as a real strong contender, mm-hmm. maybe for a Super Bowl. Yeah, listen, I, I think a couple things about that. I think that um, this is going to be an interesting deal to see if the Jets, a, a team that has always been in its own way, a roster that's really good, uh, can rally around this quarterback. I'm curious to see what Aaron Rodgers plus New York City looks like, what the tabloid coverage of Aaron Rodgers is going to be. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers is smart enough to know how to manipulate what you can manipulate. There's going to be people who come at him because that is the New York media. But just already, he's you can see how coy he is, talking about how he rolled into the Jets facility and he saw one Lombardi trophy, mm-hmm. one Super Bowl trophy, and mentioned how lonely it looks. Yes. Oh. Well done, Aaron. Well, I guess his Super Bowl trophy, his lone Super Bowl trophy. It's pretty lonely, too. I, I mean, he would know what a lonely trophy looks yeah. like. <laughs> and and then, there's, then there's also the fact that he quite literally told the media that, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm hearing the Packers were trying to get a hold of me. Brian Gutekunst says he was trying to get a hold of me. Look, I live in a place, real shoddy. Wi-Fi, cell phone reception that, that my friends know it. So, my, you know, my bad, but I had no idea they were trying to reach me. And I'm yeah. like, really? Did, did, you buy, did you buy that at all? Of course not. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm so fortunate to live in a beautiful house, but one of the trade-offs is I've got really bad yeah. reception. okay. Why would that be? Yeah, right. You can't pay for the booster? Right, right exactly. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 
patently ridiculous. <laughs> well, we but, know Aaron, but why Aaron not? Rodgers why doesn't not like t- boosters. So. Yeah. <laughs> Are the Jets playing? <laughs> oh, that's a Jared Carlin joke right there. That was very well done. Yeah. <laughs> so, Are the Jets playing the Packers this year? No. Uh, next, next, next year. year okay. Uh, could be possible. Okay. Next year could be possible. All right. Uh, the other thing that Aaron Rodgers really opened eyes on, uh, and look, this is not the, the, the Green Bay media. He, he you, you mentioned it. He referenced it. It's a different animal, the New York media. Looking forward to, to dealing with the New York media is what Aaron Rodgers said, but they're going to feast on stuff like this. There wasn't any specific uh, conversation that I'm that I would like to share with that. Um, again, I'm, I'm an older player, so, uh, you know, there's a lot more than just the playing part. There's the body part that comes into play, but the reason I take care of myself is to allow myself to continue to play into my 40s, and I'd always dreamt about being a starter at 40. I'll turn 40 uh, in December of this year. Um, but I, I'm going to be here for the foreseeable future. Um, I think it's important. Obviously, I know the scheme that Hack's putting in. There's some tweaks, but I want to get to know the guys, and and uh, be around the, the facility, and obviously, you know, I haven't really spent much time in Jersey outside of Teterboro, so um, I'm, I'm going to get to know the, the area and figure out a place to live and all that stuff, and I, I want to be here to do that. Yeah, so he was a little vague on playing beyond 2023, and then apparently the, the press conference broke down, and there was, you know, smaller groups that had some Q&A with, with Aaron Rodgers, and he was a little bit more open to the fact of playing past 2023. You mentioned there, he's going to be 40 years old. It's, it's a jarring number when you see it, even after the Tom Brady experience that we all went mm-hmm. through, 40 is different. And I don't know how long, what has to happen for this to make it worth it for the Jets? You know, longevity or just one one. One Super real Bowl a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. I, again, I, I've I've softened my stance on that. I, I think getting to the Super Bowl and losing it is not as traumatic as as I once believed it to be. I think getting to the Super Bowl is a hallmark achievement. You give yourself a shot. Uh, at, at that point in time, it's not even football, anyways. It's just a mega event, and so yeah, the, a Super Bowl appearance. Now that's not going to be easy to do. I, you had mentioned on Monday that, uh, and you're right about this, I don't think there's been a, ever been a greater disparity between the two conferences in football. The Jets just traded for Aaron Rodgers, who might be the eighth best quarterback in the AFC. Yeah. Oof. I mean, I just said a number, but you know, it's it's unbelievable. Like, they, like it's such a big deal that they got Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. but it's so stacked with good quarterbacks that Mahomes won, Josh Allen, Burrow two at one two A and two B, right? He could be as high as four. Justin Herbert, but if I he guess. Clicks, I mean, that's the thing, though. And no disrespect to Patrick Mahomes and and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and those guys. But Aaron Rodgers talked to, hey, a big reason why I'm here, big reason why I wanted to come here was Nathaniel Hackett, who was just raked over the coals last year in his very short stint as the head coach in Denver, as well he should be. He looked unprepared for that job. But go back two years, he was a commodity because of what he and Aaron Rodgers had been able to do. He won two MVPs in consecutive years within the Nathaniel Hackett offense. So if it clicks, Aaron Rod- I mean, the skill is still there. There was a drop-off last year, but... There were reasons for it. If it clicks, he might be the best quarterback in the AFC, which would be really scary. Yeah, and and to him, it's it's clearly his intelligence. He processes very well. He sees the field very well. Clearly, he's got the experience, and he has got one of the best arms in football. Now, how long does that arm strength stay intact? I mean, because even Tom Brady, Tom Brady pushed it to the point where you can sure. see the difference. Sure. And Tom Brady is the anomaly. 
So I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think the Jets have a chance. Also, most interesting thing about the soundbite you just played was, uh, does he imply he was going to live in New Jersey? <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. All right, before That's we where the on- team facility is, so you want to maybe make it easy. Before we move off of this, I wanted to um, I wanted to bring this up earlier, and I forgot. I, I I really kind of felt bad for Jarrett yesterday. We had a big radio station meeting yesterday that was catered with food, and and Jarrett ran into the meeting ten minutes early. You you didn't see this. You weren't there yet. Jarrett ran into the meeting ten minutes early, and he was appalled that the food was not already available. This is the move I always do. Yeah, get there first when they're they're setting it out. So I could get in and eat it before the meeting, be the first one That's in line. Right, to right. About. Exactly. But it wasn't ready yet. And it wasn't ready. And so by the time the meeting ended, he had to run off to an appointment. So he got aced out of the free food. Do you know what it, what psychological trauma that must have caused him to miss out on free food? I could, I could feel it. I thought of it. I, I have been thinking of it since that <laughs> that moment all day, all night, all morning today. Wow. And then I went to the refrigerator just now hoping that there was going to be leftovers and there was and there's nothing, nothing in there. there. Why? Watch this, Jarrett. It was delicious. <laughs> it was so good. Thank goodness we had that. I that felt burrito. so bad for you. I mean, the the, the inner torment. I had the you number felt. the when the meeting started. Yep. <laughs> I had a one o'clock appointment. Uh-huh. I had I, I lived ten minutes from home. Uh huh. I had to be home for. I had the the, the time twelve forty five. Uh huh. If I am in my car by twelve forty five, you're good. All is good. Yep. The meeting ended at twelve forty four. I couldn't believe it. You and watching you, there were like two yous at that point in time. You were walking by the food that was spread out. There's no one else by it, and half of him was trying to go backwards. I know. And half <laughs> of him was saying, "Nope, you can't. You can't. You're going. You're leaving." It was, oh. I, 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 and, uh, yes, yes, and to hear that it consumed you all day long does not surprise me, because you got, you got hoes, my it's man. my two favorite things. Oh, yeah. Food, food and, f- and free food. <laughs> man. Food and free. Jared, so need, Jared needs a hug today. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Yeah. I'd buy you a breakfast burrito, but you already got hooked up yesterday, man. Yes, so I was, yeah, the, yeah, right? Uh, coming up next, it is, sorry, Jared. I didn't see that. Oh, was, I wish I would have checked the other refrigerator on <laughs> the other side. Yes. It yes. It was comical. Which makes sense that they would carry it. The, that was cl- the closer fridge is over there. But the chips are in this one. That's uh, the only thing left, which mm. means it doesn't make <laughs> It is NFL Draft Day. The Cardinals have a lot of work to do, and that work could involve some trades. We'll get into all the possibilities next. It's Bickley Murata Mornings here on this Thursday on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.